Welcome to the Living Undeterred podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnston, the founder of the Living Undeterred Mindset Project, Dream, Crazy Idea, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm super, super excited to have my guest today on the podcast. Maddie Renner is a lifelong friend of the family. I've known Maddie forever uh, since she was just a little <laughs> tiny thing. Uh, her dad, Brock, is my business partner at Premier Investments of Iowa, and the Renners have been uh, an extended family for us uh, all through the good times and the bad. For those of you new to my story, uh, our oldest son, Seth, died of a heroin overdose on October 4th, 2016, and that day we made a decision to become better, not bitter, and from that day, I've written a book do a podcast, have a website, do a blog, started the nonprofit called The Choices Network, and now I have Maddie Renner <laughs> as a guest on the show. So with, without much further ado and no more introduction, Maddie, will you introduce yourself and tell people why you think I drug you on my show? <laughs> so first, Jeff, I just want to say thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so proud of you. I really believe that you are changing lives with what you're doing today. And I know Seth is extremely proud of you as well. So I just wanted to say that first, I'm so honored to be your guest today. But for those of you who don't know me, I'm Maddie Renner and I'm a singer songwriter. And I was born and raised in Fairfax, Iowa. And so yeah, I've known Jeff my whole life. Um, him and my, my dad and him are like best bros. And so I have always known that I've loved music growing up. My parents got me into piano lessons in first grade. And I kind of just fell in love with the craft of just writing little songs on the piano and eventually putting words to that music and wanted to make it a full-time career. So I graduated Prairie in 2017 and moved down to Nashville, Tennessee, and kind of never looked back. Um, I'm a songwriting major there. I'm graduating in December. And so I've just been loving making songs and just growing my songwriting craft. I met some amazing people. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm already kind of living the dream, but I know I'm not there yet. And so I'm super excited for the future and what's to come. Well, I'm, again, very uh, gra grateful to have you on the show today. So let me peel back the layers a little bit and go back in time. Um, I remember when you were just a little thing and we would go <laughs> on our annual trip to Boulder Beach Resort in Park Rapids, Minnesota, and of which you wrote a song, of which I hope is one of the two you picked today to sing. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I tear up every time I hear this song. But I remember we had such a great time, and anyone watching this remembers the summer vacations and the summer trips and the summer loves and the summer heartbreaks and the summer talks over the campfire. And as you so eloquently say in your song, the crazy Uncle Jeff telling ghost stories. Um, you know, those are priceless memories. And I think every family can relate to those. And when you encapsulate that in a song, so beautiful, like the song you wrote, I every time I hear the song, I tear up. I, I tearing up now. Sorry. This is normal. I cry all the time. You're used to it with me. Um, I just, it's hard for, it's hard for me not to think about Seth because he was on many of those vacations with us and we had so many great times, but um, I've just, I've kind of learned to have my tears be more of joy and happiness and not of sorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm trying to teach people. It's okay to cry. It's, it's manly yeah. to cry. Um, yet we don't want those tears to weight you down and cause depression and alcoholism and all those things. 
So, um, and that's what music does. And and you notice my Iron Maiden Iron behind Maiden. me. I am a heavy metal guy. You know that. You, your dad oh, is yeah. too. Your, your dad loves Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and King Diamond and, you know, Metal Church and Metallica. And, and I think people kind of wonder, you know, Jeff, you're 55. Haven't you outgrown the heavy metal scene? And I'm like, no, actually, it takes me back to my childhood. It takes me <laughs> back to my innocence. It takes me back to Boulder Beach. You know, yeah. when your dad and I would sit there in our car and we would, you know, no air conditioning with a cassette tape and we're driving nine hours to Minnesota and we're listening to Judas Priest the whole way up. There was no radio. There was no XM satellite. There was no podcasts. And we forged a friendship over that and a bond. And so, you know, uh, music is music. Music is music. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. And I just like, I loved writing that song, Boulder Beach, because I just, you know, so many great memories. And especially with Seth, like, I, whenever I think of Boulder Beach, I always think of Seth, too, because he was, he loved that place. And so I had to write that song because everyone loved Boulder Beach, like the family history there. I'm going to. I already get choked up every time I talk about it too. <laughs> well, we it was... we all have a Boulder we all have a Boulder Beach, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, yeah. you know. For us, it's Boulder Beach. For somebody else, it's whatever beach. For somebody else, it's a lake. For somebody else, a cabin. Somebody else, it's a, you know, Disney World. I mean, whatever your Boulder Beach is, that's right. what your song captures. So, um, mm -hmm. so back in where I was going with Boulder Beach was that we used to have a talent show. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and that's really the first time. I was introduced to this young phenom, Maddie Renner. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to laugh because we watched the talent show. Uh, we had videotaped it, so I've watched a few of them, but I caught one about a year ago. And man, how awesome were those? And you guys you guys made such fools of yourselves, but they're so priceless. <laughs> oh my gosh, know? yes. Those were so much fun. And the boys like dressing up as girls and dancing and just like everything. And the judges. <laughs> the we had judges. the we had the judges and the prizes. It was it was yeah, it was priceless. And I remember the time Roman won that year, he took like a hundred daddy long leg spiders <laughs> and put it in a jar and he and so his talent show was just to walk out, lay on the ground. He poured these spiders all over him and everyone just took off running. And I'm like, oh, I hate spiders, Roman. You know that. But, you know, those moments are just like, they're just oh. absolutely why we do what we do. Only at you know? Boulder Beach. Only at Boulder Beach. Hilarious. Yes. Yeah. So I saw you sing and I thought, you know, I have, I have talented brothers that are musicians. I mean, Scott was a phenomenal drummer for many years toured around the country in bands. And then my brother, Steve is, you know, he's, I don't even know how to describe Steve. He's savant, phenom, Insane. just a uh, incredible talent and very yeah. humble and honest. And the great thing about Steve is he probably could have pursued this glorified career where he'd be famous. He always said, you know, I, I like what I'm doing. I like teaching. I like playing in what I play. And there's a lot of Steve Johnsons out there that are that are more talented than the people you hear on the radio, <laughs> substantially. <laughs> but they're very happy where they're at, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think you're kind of at that point in your career where you're gonna have to start making some choices. You know, do I do I go all in and try to become the next, you know, superstar? Or do I just kind of do what I do, love what I do, teach, um, you know, stay out of the limelight and just kind of fall in love with my passion. I'm not sure you've even thought of those crossroads yet but yeah I guess 
for me right now, people are always saying, you know, like, do you want to be in the spotlight? Is your dream to be like the next Ariana Grande? And I, for me personally, I, I'm going to be truly happy just doing what I love to do. If I can make music for a living, or maybe even if I can't do it to like fully support myself, I know that I will still continue to make music, even if I'm like working at a coffee shop part time or teaching tennis lessons too. As long as I'm still playing the guitar and just being happy doing that, I will be happy. So the goal is not to be famous, but just to always make music because that's what makes me happy too. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, you have to have that hanging out there as that carrot dangling. In front I know. Of you. I mean, <laughs> you know. I mean, and that's that's what that's what's fun about the pursuit. Yeah. You know, and sometimes. Sometimes we get there. And I, I'm not saying we because I haven't reached anything, but it's like when sometimes you get to mm-hmm. a successful part in your life and you don't know how to enjoy it because you haven't prepared to sit back and say, hey, you know, I made it. And so one of the things I talk about addiction is that sometimes sometimes people get addicted to to success. They get yeah. addicted to money. They get addicted to fame. And then, you know, the horror stories of, you know, suicides, of of musicians and uh, suicides and movie stars. And yeah. um, I write about in my book, you know, all the uh, Amy Winehouse, you know, um, you know, Kurt Cobain, you know, it's uh, um, John Belushi, you know, so many people um, that have overdosed or committed suicide and it just, it goes on and on and on. And so there's a balancing act that I think uh, like a sweet spot where you have to attain the success that is right for Maddie Renner. Yes. And maybe not right for everybody else, but then be able to allow yourself to have little victories. Like we're going to get to your little victory you had uh, at Belmont. Yes. Um, that I just, I still just, I was so honored to watch you perform. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's Maddie Renner. <laughs> and and we're, we're going to get to that. We have, we have 50 more minutes to talk, so I don't want to steal the thunder. But, you know, so you're this small town girl, literally in small town Iowa um, with big time dreams like every country western song. <laughs> and uh and you, you even have a you even have a labrador at your house yes. and and uh, you know you kind of fit that you fit that stereotype so I well. I I really do. <laughs> um, you know, and and so going back to when I saw you play at Boulder Beach, I knew there was something there, not necessarily because of the quality of your product, but the the passion in your heart. Mm. That you can't you can't buy that. You can get better in things, but you can't buy passion. And so you have that rare thing that a lot of talented musicians or athletes or actors don't have, and that's passion. Um, you can have all the talent in the world. You can be you can be having a, a gift given to you of abilities, but if you don't have that burning fire to become better, you know, it's just you're just going to be like any many other people that you know never really use their talents right. to benefit themselves and others. Yeah. So, so. Go back to those days, like your, you know, like your eighth, ninth grade. Is like, what point did you think? Well, you know what, I may be pretty good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was a big moment. Was winning the Boulder Beach Talent Show for I know that. <laughs> that was your that was your America's Got Talent. That was your first big that, award. Because I remember I wrote that's hilarious. I wrote one of my very first songs on a plate. And I ended up singing it at one of the talent shows and ended up winning. So I was like, hey, I must be okay at this. So yeah, Boulder Beach Talent Show was like the America's Got Talent moment, the golden buzzer. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, you were up against like your dad and I dressing up like you know nurses and uh, you know dancing to some tap dance song. Um, you know, so uh, you know, I applaud you in winning, Maddie. But you know, you didn't have the greatest competition to go against there. Oh my gosh! But I don't know. I just, I just, I never really knew I was good. I just knew that it made me happy whenever I was doing it. So like, I really didn't know. Like, I didn't really actually start songwriting for real, for real until like junior year of high school is when I really started to dive into okay. it. And that was like, okay, I think these songs are good. I don't, I don't know. But then I heard about the songwriting program at Belmont and I was like, all right, I'll try to send in a couple songs, see if I even get into the program. And we ended up taking a trip down to Nashville for the first time we visited Belmont. And one of the songwriting majors there was like, yeah, I had to audition like five times to get in. So I was like, oh gosh. If this girl had to audition yeah. five times to get in, there's no way. But I end up somehow I got in on my first try. So that was my first victory in songwriting, which is getting into the songwriting department at Belmont. So I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. So that was Well, so go back to go back to junior year at high school prairie because I, the reason I want to go back there is because that's where Roman yeah. is right now, my, our youngest son. And he's he's got a huge passion i mean he sits in his room his room's right next to my studio here and he i can hear him in there playing till mm -hmm. wee hours in the morning and he's he's got that same just savant um passion he just sits there and absorbs he's never had really lessons um but show choir is the thing that really kind of got him to build that foundation so you were active in all those things as well can you talk a little bit about in high school kind of the things that you you um you decided to really invest heavily Yeah, in. so definitely show choir. I was in every choir you can, like I was in chamber choir, regular choir, show choir. So I'm right there with Roman. It was just such a big part of my high school experience. And then I was also in band. I was also heavily in tennis. So I was, I was a busy high school kid, but I really feel like show choir and choir and band, I was always so happy doing those things. So I love music. And I really feel like that also helped kind of craft my songwriting ear, just learning about all the music theory and everything, which is such a great foundation for me. And Prairie just had the best programs, for sure. So I'm so glad Roman loves that. I can already see his passion. And I love, he's so supportive of my music. So I always, I really love that kid. Yeah, and he, you know, the book I wrote, he wrote a song called Open Book about yes. Seth. Yes, and, and in the audio version, I just got done recording the audio version. Uh, he actually sings it at the end of the book. Wow. So yeah. it's a neat little, it's a neat little way to put a bow tie on, on the book. Uh, for those people that haven't, uh, read the book, I wrote a book in, um, in September, it, it published on Seth's birthday, nine twenty-seven, And, um, Seth would have been 27 and, uh, you know, it was important for me to put my story in writing and, and music was an important part of my therapy. I mean, it sounds crazy, but for me to drive down the street and, and put on music and cry by myself and listen was very therape therapeutic. So Roman saw that mm -hmm. and he's, he fell in love with the Beatles. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the music that most kids in that high school age aren't listening to, they're listening to the rap music. And that, that's what Seth was into, by the way, was the rap music. And Roman just never got into that. He just, he liked real music, as I like to call it, which sounds <laughs> terrible because I know rap music. I love Tupac. I love, 
I love all the, the, I love most of the rap songs out there. I just don't like the ones that are derogatory towards women and use the F word all the time and the N word. And that stuff doesn't interest me at all. Um, but anyway, so going back to, to Roman. So I see him now kind of using music as therapy to deal with his brother's death. I see Ian using golf to deal with uh, his brother's death. And I'm using my Living Undeterred project to deal with the loss of Seth. So you haven't had a loss like that, but I will tell you that in life that pain is unavoidable, that Mm -hmm. you will at some point, you know, have something very traumatic and maybe you have already and I don't know about, but the the way you choose to suffer is really a choice. Yeah. You know, you can, you can choose to use your suffering as an impetus for a great idea to start a business. You could use it to great idea to, you know, you're, you're. Your songwriting is our stories, you know, your song, you know, you talk about your long distance relationship and you wrote songs about long distance relationships and your Chick-fil-A song. And, you know, every song you have has this really cool, don't take this wrong, but especially the Chick-fil-A song, but kind of this, 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 uh, (laughs) I don't want to say nerdy, but this kind of. This kind of innocent, this innocent, yes. who writes a song about Chick, Chick-fil-A? Come on, <laughs> only Maddie Renner. <laughs> but I love it. I love I it. Know. It's awesome. You know, Thanks. it's awesome. And that's, that's what makes people relate to stories mm-hmm. is the uniqueness of them, kind of the quirkiness of them. But, yeah. So when you think of a song, when you think of, do you just sit down with a blank piece of paper and start writing or do you drive in your car and say, oh my God, this is a great topic I want to write a song about? Yeah, honestly... There's some songwriters that just write a song every single day. And like, I don't know, like that's, it's not me. Usually the song has to hit me. And so I feel like I write my best songs based on like personal experiences. So if like something happens to me that day that was like, wow, that I just need to get this off my chest. It's I feel like songwriting is like my journal. That's like how I express myself most. So if I'm mad, I'm probably going to write a mad song. If I'm happy, I'll write a happy song. And so it kind of just hits me. And so honestly, whatever's going on in my life, it really does kind of relate to my songwriting. So like I'll be in the car and if I'm just having an awful day, I'm like, I know I'm going to write a song about this later. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. And that's how kind of I do, that's how I do my blogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is I'll just be like my, my blog that posted just today is called If Not Now, When. Wow. And it's on the, it's on the idea that we, many times think of really great ideas like, oh, I want to write a book or I want to start working out or Mm -hmm. I want to read a book or I want to do a podcast or, you know, I want to, um, any, anything, but then we get in the way of ourselves. Yeah. There's this other person in our head that goes, eh, why don't you wait later? Do it tomorrow. And that person we have to learn to extinguish. We have to remove that person yeah. from our, from our brain, but far, you know, I have ADD. So for me, it's easy to kill that person. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I never, I, I don't have any problem. My mind's the opposite. I, I do things too impulsively. I don't, I don't, the word later is not in my vocabulary, but for many people it is and it becomes a problem. And so that's why I was wondering in songwriting, if, if you just get inspired and sit down and write a song right away, or do you throw a couple notes on a piece of paper and say, I'll do it later, but then you kind of lose the luster? Yep. Does that happen? That also can happen too. There's some songs, I have just probably hundreds of songs that are never finished in my notes. Just like I'll start them, 
and then something will come up and then I don't finish them. And who knows, maybe those could be the hits mm -hmm. that I'm missing out on. But also there's some, right. like, so you really never know. And then there's also songs that I sit down and write in 30 minutes because I'm like so inspired and passionate in that moment. So I totally see where you're coming from with that too. Because like there, I really should go back and see if there are songs I never finished that I probably should finish too. Is there a difference? Is there a difference between songwriting and being a musician? I, that's a good question. I mean, can, can you write a song and have no musical talent? I would say yes. I feel like honestly, anyone could write a song and it's, I feel like it's art. Aren't they just, aren't they just poems in a way or yeah. aren't they just, they're just stories in a way? I know when you look at it like that, cause I feel like also art is so subjective too. like, what is good? What oh, yeah. is bad? You know, yep. but I, I feel like I always tell people like my friends are like, Maddie, I could never do what you do. I'm like, you, you could like, I feel like everyone can write a song. It just depends if you want to really put in the effort and put in the time to like make it good. But I, well, okay, let's, let's finish up high school <laughs> and you go off, you go off to Belmont. And I remember your dad sitting in his, um, in his office one day and I said, well, where's Maddie going to college? And he's Belmont. And I'm like, only time I remember Belmont was they made the NCAA tournament in men's <laughs> basketball one year. And I think I lost money yeah. on them. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, Belmont, I go, how the hell is she? Why didn't she go to Northern Iowa or go to Iowa or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever, but why go to Belmont? And Brock's like, well, it's the number one music college in the country, you know, if not the world, maybe, I don't know. And, uh, so Brock told me you were going to send an application and all that. And you told a little bit about your, your first audition and stuff. So now you make it to Belmont and you had to go down there excited as hell, but terrified. Absolutely terrified. So scary. And before I committed to going to Belmont, I had actually committed to going to Wartburg. I got a mm. great music scholarship there and I was actually going to play tennis there too. So I really had to disappoint some people in order for me to pursue this Belmont dream. So that was, I had to get over that home first. So that was really hard. And then actually physically moving down to Nashville, you know, at first you're so excited, but then you get down there and it kind of just smacks you in the face. Like it's just like a whole new world, especially going from, you know, small town, Iowa to <laughs> Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Like I had to get used to driving there. That was terrifying. And yeah. just, I just felt, honestly, I felt pretty alone at the very beginning, just cause it is, it's such a big change from here. And I, and I was the only one out of my friend group to leave the state. My high school friend group were so close. Oh, wow. And so that made it yeah. even harder cause they would go home on the weekends and see each other. And I would just be, I felt kind of trapped in Nashville for a bit. Cause I just felt so alone. And eventually though, I, I got so close to my roommate, um, Samaria and my friend Tess, and I just met some great people, Jess, Claire, Alex, just eventually I found my home. But to be honest, Jeff, it was pretty, pretty hard at the beginning. So I have to ask you, which one hovers more over you, mom or dad? Hovers more? I would say, I don't know, both equally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they both they both do a great job at checking in on me and just making sure I'm okay. Maybe my I'm just wondering if 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 mom is like texting you like four times a day every day or if 
or if it's every other day or, or do you go periods of times where there's no communication? Yeah, I feel like um, there's we go a few days sometimes without, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It really depends on the day. But I feel like I probably talk, text my mom more, but I call my dad more. Because I feel mm-hmm. like my dad, he picks up the phone a lot more than my mom does. <laughs> and so, but. <laughs> well, I just, I think it's extremely courageous to, you know, not just go out of state, but go into a college where, you know, I, I look at Ian, for example, you know, you know, Ian's a college golfer. And he was dominant in the state of Iowa in high school, but went down to Division One golf mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't play a lot his first year. He kind of had a big culture shock. Yeah. And now he's right at the ship and he had a really good year this year. But it's a big step going from show choir at Prairie High School to competing with people that want to beat your, you know, beat you into the ground every yeah. day. Right? Oh, yeah. And I, I knew that show choir was competitive in high school. Like, you know, we had our little drama. So I thought I would be used to it. But then I feel like going from Prairie High School to Nashville, I felt like a small, such a small <laughs> fish in a big, in a big pond. Because it's, it's right. competitive and people will tell you this is not a good song. Like, you know, and they'll just give you great critiques. But yeah, it's very competitive. It's a competitive industry always. Well, that small fish has grown into a larger fish. So, um, you know, I think I think what happened at Belmont is a great story, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you in here because, you know, um, so now you get to Belmont, you go through some auditions, you kind of bounce around down there. I'm asking your dad how things are going. He said they're going good, you know, and, and and then all of a sudden, you know, this year comes about. And why don't you tell me a little bit about? kind of how, how this unfolded, what happened, uh, what's the significance. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you a little bit about how just proud I was watching uh-huh. you compete in this huge <laughs> contest and really made everyone back here so so happy. So so tell tell the followers here, the watchers, the listeners, um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so Jeff's talking about I was very somehow selected to perform in the ASCAP Writers' Night. And so this is the songwriters at Belmont. It's like everyone dreams to perform in this ASCAP Writers' Night. And only there's four different shows throughout the semesters. And so only eight songwriters get selected each year to perform in these shows. And so I was selected this um, last spring to perform in the ASCAP Writers' Night. Out of, and usually it's out of about 200 applicants. It's a lot of the songwriters wow. uh, apply for this. So, and I've been applying for. And these just aren't these aren't just applicants, Maddie. These are applicants yes. at a school designed for yes. music. Yeah, <laughs> these are the best, best of, the, of best. the best. Like every yeah. songwriter. Like when I came here, when I came to Belmont my freshman year, I was like, I made it a goal. I'm like, I'm gonna play ASCAP Writers Night. I don't need to win it. I just want to play it. Like that was just. That was my dream, right. was to get in one semester and play it. Because you also get to perform for industry judges, and they give you, like, great feedback, too. And so... Now, this was all... Pre- was this pre-COVID when this, this started? This was actually in the midst of COVID. When I when I performed, okay. it was still in the midst of COVID. And so... So you weren't doing your performance no, live, I right? It, I was doing it live on the internet, basically. It was, like, a, through a live feed. And okay. so I got selected to play, and I was put um, put against three incredible songwriters 
um, at Belmont. And then I actually ended up winning the Ask Cow Riders Night, which meant... I know, I saw. And it just meant so much to me. It meant so much to my family because they've been down. They've seen the Ask Cow Riders Night shows and they saw... And so me winning actually meant that I got to perform at Best of the Best, which is the biggest showcase at Belmont. So everyone wants to one day play it. And so I just felt so, so honored to be able to say that I got to perform at Best of the Best at my time at Belmont. So it meant so much to me and it meant the world to my family too. Well, I know you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but I watched that whole uh, presentation that you did, the whole, the whole um, interviews, the songs and all that. And I know you like to tell your mom and dad that you were extremely nervous and you don't remember being interviewed, but you looked so freaking calm and relaxed and professional. <laughs> I mean, Maddie, you looked, you looked calmer than any of the other people that were interviewed. You looked so relaxed. You words flew off your mouth. Fine. You didn't, you didn't struggle with sentence structure. So, you know, I like, if you think you're not very good right now at that stuff, wait till you get good. <laughs> oh my you're gonna god be, you're gonna be dangerous you're gonna be dangerous I, I always feel like i just black out when when that some kind of like that stuff happens so i'm glad you you're awesome i i was definitely in my head <laughs> you know i think it's easy when uh and i do i do a lot of public speaking and i've done a lot before all this happened just in the financial business and i always used to sit around and and think people were so absorbed in looking at me and quite honestly most people don't really care yeah, exactly. You know, they don't they don't care. And that's the that's the misconception with public speaking is even people watching this right now. They they, they don't really care what your hair looks like. They don't care, mm -hmm. you know, if, if my beard's too long or too short. And we we all, you know, get worried about that. But OK, so I have a question for you. Is it harder to play a song virtual or with us with an audience of 100 people, let's say live? I would say it's definitely harder to play live, just like nerve wise, just like you can visually see the people watching you. That's definitely more scary because when I was performing at the ASCAP, I couldn't see anybody. I just, I was playing to myself in my little room. Yeah. And so it definitely is a different type of feeling playing for people live, but I would definitely prefer playing live any day over probably playing over a Zoom call or something just because the energy yeah. is just... I love it. I love it. I love being with people and singing to people always. Well, that's a reason I asked that is, um, you know, obviously the Murrays are great friends of ours. Chris and Keegan play on Iowa's basketball team. Oh yeah. And they went through a period of time last year where there was no fans. So they would go to all these stadiums around the mid with the country and they would play in front of no one. And I, I one time was talking to Kenyon and, and he was like, you know, it's more difficult to play in an empty stadium at a high level than it is to play with fans that are yelling against you and screaming. Cause that gave you motivation. So Absolutely. I, th I think when I like, when I like to talk, I think I'm much better with live humans in front of me than I am doing this in front of a, a you know, a, vir a virtual, you know, talk with a hundred people out there. I think I'm, I'm more into it when I can feel the energy of the human beings around me. Oh, yeah. And that's why I asked you that question. Um, to me, it would seem like you'd prefer to be in front of people. Oh yeah. I just, like I said, just like that bond and like music is meant to be played for people. And just, I love, I love seeing people cry to my music, laugh at my music. It just makes me feel like they're connecting. 
And so I've definitely missed that over the past two years. And so Kava House mm-hmm. was my first live show in over two summers. So it felt really good just to be able to see people and play music for them again, for sure. So tell us a little bit about where you are right now with recording and, and where you're heading next. Uh, I know uh, LA is in the works. Yes. Um, a little bit about, about how, you know, when you graduate, how that's going to work, all that stuff. Yeah. So right now I am going to be graduating next December and I'm going to do this program called Belmont West. And I was supposed to do it last fall, but because of COVID, it was canceled. And so I ended up just kind of taking a semester off. I just took one class just to stay enrolled, but I just knew I really wanted to do this Belmont West program. And so next fall, I'll be in LA and hopefully making more connections out there, getting an internship. And, um, but this last spring, actually, I'm in the work, in the works, I'm recording four songs that are, will hopefully be released in the next year or so. And so I am kind of pursuing the artist thing as well as my own like songwriting for others too, because there's some songs I write that I just don't think anyone else can sing but me because it's like my own personal stories. Yeah, I bet. And so I, 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 bet. I still want to share that and work it, work and focus on my own artistry too. So hopefully those songs will be out soon. There's one coming out July 2nd, which I'm really, really excited about too. But when people, people always ask me, you know, Maddie, like what's next after graduation? And to be honest, I don't know, but that also doesn't scare me either. I feel like right. I'm also kind of excited about the unknown. It's just like, you know, whatever the world, whatever happens is meant to be. And so I know I'll be okay. I always have to tell myself, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be okay. Well, with that introduction, let's hear a song. Okay, yay! The first song I'll play is the one you mentioned. It's one of my absolute favorites. It's called Boulder Beach. Let me see if I can fix this chair quick. So you're going to make me cry. I might make Jeff cry. I might make Jeff cry. (laughs) But this is definitely one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, I wrote it about one of my favorite places. And Jeff, you can, you know how important Boulder Beach was to me and my family. And so I had to write and it. And the sad, the sad thing, Maddie, is Boulder Beach ran in the disrepair, and now it doesn't exist. And I think your story uh, talks about the the day you found out that Boulder Beach had died. And um, it's a great songwriting story. It's a great song. And with that, Maddie Renner will be playing Boulder Beach. Boulder Beach. I always wore my yellow cross On the family river floats Summer loving by the docks Next to my uncle's favorite boat My mom and grandma drank the coffee Every sunrise by the lake My dad would never fail to wake me With his chocolate chip and cakes Yeah, you were my summer, you told me I 
from my wood in Minnesota. And I still hear my grandpa singing, Danny Boy by the fire. Mom would yell at us kids to go to bed, but we were tired. We'd stay up, running around, chasing stars and fishing for our dreams. You're the sand that fill our hearts, so we thank you. We thank you, Boulder Bean. Ghost stories told at midnight by my crazy uncle Jeff. Honey cabins and leeches that bite. He would scare us half to death. Yeah, you were summer, you told me I. My word in Minnesota And I still hear my grandpa singing Danny boy by the fire Mom would yell at us kids to go to bed But we weren't tired We'd stay up, running around Chasing stars and fishing for our dreams You're the sand that fill our hearts So we thank you we thank you, Boulder Beach. I never felt a broken heart Until my dad called me one day Felt like my world had fell apart when he said Boulder Beach was sold today. Boulder Beach is closing down today. And I still hear my grandpa singing, Danny boy by the fire. Mom would yell at us kids to go to bed, but we weren't tired. We'd stay up. Running round, chasing stars and fishing for our dreams. You're the sand that fill our hearts, so we thank you, Boulder Beach. You're the sand that fill our hearts, so we thank you. We thank you, Boulder Beach. <laughs> yeah, that was Boulder Beach. Maddie, I don't care what. I don't care how big you get or what song you write. That'll always be my favorite Thank song. Thank you, Jeff. I so, love... That's tough to be. I love writing that song. I, I, It's one of my... You said pick a favorite. Of course, it's Boulder Beach. I love this song. This makes me happy and sad. Yeah. This brings back a flood of emotions every time I play it. And I think anyone that listens to that song, like I said, has their own Boulder Beach, and they can relate to uh, the, the stories that you told in that song. Mm -hmm. You know, they're... They're unique to us, but they're they're similar for yeah, everyone. Yeah. You know? Um well that was great for not being in a professional <laughs> recording studio or you know, just kinda my brother Steve did the same thing. He played eruption by Eddie Van Halen kind oh of in my his basement, yes. you know, on, on ear pods and so, you know, I'm that's this is I'm not a professional music recording studio. So no, this is um, perfect. I, I think it's awesome. gonna sound great. No, you did you did awesome. So um 
so during this journey, did you often think about quitting? You know, I can't think, I really, I can't think of a moment that was so bad that I was willing to walk away, but I've always thought, you know, maybe I'm not good enough for this. That's always been something, especially at the early start of my songwriting journey. It's just like, am I really cut out for this? Am I really good enough for this? And my freshman year, I I really did believe that little devil in my head, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not good enough for mm-hmm. this, but something in my heart said, you know what, just keep focusing, just do your best, surround yourself with the right people, just try to get out of that dark place. And eventually, you know, I just, I started getting little victories here and there that just allowed me to, to keep going. Yeah. And I still, I've had a lot of no's in my life and especially in this industry, yeah. but now I feel like I am good enough. Like I've been doing this for four years now and I know I am good enough for this. I'm going to keep fighting for this. There are, there were some moments where I knew I maybe wasn't good enough, but now I know I can do this and I'll be okay. Every no is closer to a, to a yes, you know? Yes. And that's what my, my parents always say that they've, they've been on the phone and I've cried, you know, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And they've seen it. They've, they've seen the tears, but they're always like, you're one no away from that. Yes. And so I've always tried to keep that close. Well, the the road's been paved a little bit. Now I have to plead ignorance. I don't know her name because I don't listen to that kind of music. But there is a local uh, lady oh, yes. that that has made it fairly large on the same stage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So her name, she's a huge inspiration to me. It's Haley Witters. Yeah. She grew up in in Swisher, Iowa, I believe, and. She wrote a song, it's called 10 Year Town, and that was the song that kind of took off for her. Because people always say Nashville is a 10 year town, like, you know, that's when you're going to see your dreams come true. But she was 12 years in to a 10 year town. How old is she? That was the, I think she's 27, 28. I'm not 100% sure. It's possible she was in Seth's grade because Seth's 27 this year. And that's Actually, that's that was, that's yes. how I think I remember her name because through Seth. So I, I'm fairly certain that she was in the same class that the 2012 class that Seth was in. That actually, I don't know for I certain. You're right. I don't know for sure, but she she's been such an inspiration to me because she's doing what I want to do. She do you talk to her much? I have never talked to her like face to face, but I've talked to her one time on a Zoom call. Cause I graduated with her brother tiger and I was like, Hey, I graduated with brother tiger. I just want to say I'm from Iowa too. And I think that you're so awesome and you're really killing it out there. So I've had one little little conversation with her. Now is she in Nashville awesome. right now? Is she in Nashville? Yeah. So she, she moved out to Nashville. She also went to Belmont. Oh, really? Now she's interesting. And yeah. So, so now she's living the dream that I hope to live one day too. Well, so if she can hope, do it. Hopefully. Take the word hope out of your out of your vocabulary. It's it's there. You just got to go get it. Yes, I will one day do. I will one day do. I know, and I, like I keep that. reminding you. Don't forget about us little people when you make it big. So <laughs> you'll have to come up with a theme Devil. song for for my for my podcast. You'll have to come up with a theme song. Or oh something. my, that'd be that'd be super fun. 
Although I have to have a, I have to have a little I have to have a little heavy metal spin. So not not this country music thing. I I don't I tried country music for like five minutes and I didn't like it, so I quit. <laughs> you were not like Nashville. <laughs> I was in Nashville. Ian had a golf tournament down there, and we stayed in Nashville. And we played. Uh, actually, he won a tournament in Nashville at Getty's View. It's a really cool no golf way. course. Okay. Yeah. One of his one That's of his tournaments awesome. he won it was in Nashville. And then we played another course called I think Hermitage or Hermitage or something. Um, oh, I just Herm- remember it had sheep. Yes. It had sheep everywhere. I remember that <laughs> on the golf course they had sheep oh like wa- roaming on the golf course. But you know I, I have no doubt world. that your journey is going to take you to really cool places. And um, you know I've just it's been fun watching you grow and I. I I'm excited to see what the next chapter is. And you just keep seeming to mm-hmm. ratchet up the quality of your songwriting and the the quality of the riffs, the quality of your music. You know, um, mm-hmm. I do want you to play uh, one more song uh, in a few minutes as we wrap up the show. Um, but, you know, the other day when we were at the Kava House, when you had your first live concert in two years, that was so cool, you know, and not to see mm-hmm. people wearing masks and just... To be outside, it was a beautiful Iowa, you know, summer yeah. day. And um, what a great, I just wish you had more than an hour to play. <laughs> I know. Maybe That's I'll my only regret. I'll, I'll play a little longer next time. I know, but Jeff, I just want to say thank you for your constant support. I love your little Facebook post, just like promoting my music and like what I'm doing at Belmont. Like, I really appreciate and love you so much. Well, I'm paying it forward because I, I couldn't do what I do without all the likes and comments and followers and subscribers and people that bought my book. And I have I have another project coming up that I haven't announced publicly yet. Maybe when this posts, it'll already be known. But uh, it's my, my crazy idea that I don't know if I've even shared with you, but your dad's fully aware of it and your mom. But um, I'll talk to you later about it. I'm not sure okay, when this will post, don't. so... Don't spill it, it yet a, if you're not ready. No, it, it's a huge deal, and it's 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 a it's a massive disruptor to my life. In other words, economically, personally, time wise, um, just everything. But but the the um, the end result is something that is will be the. I don't know if I I don't know if I like to say the greatest thing I've ever done. I hate that term because um, that's subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be the most impactful thing I've ever done. More impactful than the book and the blogs and the podcast and all that stuff. And so I'm excited about it and I'll, I'll go over it with you and maybe you can help, help me a little bit support it. But where I'm going with this, Maddie, is, you know, part of all this is the support that we all give each other. You know, I'm, I'm pursuing a dream of raising awareness for mental health and addiction to honor Seth. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as, as we say, honor the dead, live for the living. You're pursuing a dream to, be in the music industry, songwriter, you know, rock star, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that's your dream. Uh, Ian wants to be a professional golfer. Um, Roman wants to be in the music industry as well. Uh, we all have have a dream. Your mom and dad kind of did one of their bucket lists by buying a cabin up in Minnesota, you know? Yeah. And I was so happy for your dad. He gave me a big hug in the office and he cried when he told me. And I, I said, I'm real oh. proud of you, Brock. Cause you know, for your dad to do that, to a big, your dad, your dad's a pretty, yes. a little more conservative than I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're good business partners though. We were like water and fire. It's like him and I were great because we both, I like to do the things he doesn't like to do. And he likes to do the yeah. things I don't like to do. Yeah. And you know, going back to why I'm bringing this all up is the support that I'm giving you is for me to pay back 
to all the people that have supported me. And so there's going to be little little girls and little boys, Maddie, looking up to you. Oh, yeah. And there already are. And have you considered the role model status, the mentor status that you you inevitably are, are in now, but are, it's probably going to even get more important that you realize that? Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, I, I never really think about that, like how I, I Maddie Renner, can have an impact on like the little mm-hmm. songwriters here in Iowa. Like I, I really love that and I need to remember that more. So that's a great reminder too. Yeah, I mean, you're, sometime when you're playing, you're gonna look out there and see some little boy or little girl like enthralled and watching you. And you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but sometimes, you know, walk over and, and introduce yourself. And uh, I, I try to do things like that out of the blue. Um, I know in my opening paragraph of my book, I talk about a moment at Lisa Powers class when Roman and I gave a presentation which was really the epiphany moment in my life. And I got done speaking to a class of freshmen about alcohol and drug abuse. And a 14-year-old kid comes up, you know, and I saw him lingering out there. Wow. I'm meeting all these kids and talking to him. And I see this kid kind of hanging out there. And I'm thinking, well, he's waiting around for the other kids to leave because he wants to talk to me privately. And so mm-hmm. the other kids left. And this kid came up and he had tears welled up in his eyes. And, you know, he, he begins to tell me, um, that he was in rehab and he was an alcoholic. Wow. And I'm like 14, 14 years old. And, you know, I, my tears welled up. I gave him a hug and then he hands me a piece of paper and it says, and I put this in the book and it's in blue ink and it says, stay strong, Mr. Johnston. And it hit me right there, Maddie. I thought to myself, you know, I'm there to make an impact on these kids. And this 14 year old comes up and changes my life. And so, What I would suggest for you is to be very aware of the 14-year-old out there that can change your life. As much as you think you're changing theirs, as much as we want to think we're changing people's lives, um, many times it's the other way around, that they can change our lives. And so that kid was really the beginning of my idea for a book. Wow. And if I would have been in a hurry and all wrapped up in myself and you know, been thinking about my speech and how I looked and, and everyone's enamored with me. If I would have just neglected that kid who was hanging out there, my life would have went down a different road. So I took the few minutes to really listen to him. So what I'm telling anybody when you're achieving any sense, any, not stardom, but any, um, any success in whatever you do, just take a moment to, you know, I, I joke to you about the little people, but literally take a moment to appreciate yeah. the little people. Because you never know that one person could be that person that changes your life more than you change theirs. Wow. Yeah, that's so true, Jeff. That's amazing. I feel like I'm learning so much just in this hour. Like I, I really love the things that you said. That's why I do these podcasts. I I love it. I just feel so, (laughs) I'm so inspired by your story and just by the person that you are. So thank you for all your words because it's pretty awesome. Write a song. (laughs) If you want to really tear my, if you really want to tear my heart out, write a song about Seth and write a song about love. Write a song, mm-hmm. yeah, about loss. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. That would be, yeah, that would be, um, that'd be quite amazing. Um, well, let's hear another song <laughs> so I can stop crying. Um. 
Let's hear another song. Uh, okay, uh, what what song do you have in mind? I want to hear kind of the idea behind this song as well. So this song is called "Will You Really," and this is a sneak peek. Oh yeah, I love this, this one. Is a, I love this. This is one. a sneak peek of the one that's coming out on July second, and so I'm really excited. This is my my second single that I'll be releasing, and so this one is about my long distance relationship that I've had for the past five years. And so I'm I'm wow. dating a boy from Iowa, you know him, Jordan. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of about will he really give up his life here for me in the end? You know, like will he wow. actually be happy leaving that small town Iowa life to move out to a bigger city with me? And so I just this is a song that kind of was tugging at my heartstrings for a while, like I knew it had to be written. And so I wrote it with my friend Clara Park, and it's gonna be out on all streaming platforms on July second, which is a little terrifying, but it's also exciting. <laughs> <laughs> exciting, but what did uh, what did what did Jordan think about it? You know, it's 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 because it's not just a song to me because it's like my real thoughts and feelings. Yeah. But he tells me that he'll he'll be happy. He really will come out to the city and be with me. And help me make my dreams come true. So I feel like I've been incredibly blessed to have him in my life. Someone so supportive that would be willing to give up everything here to move out for me. So he likes it. Well, to, to put your put your thoughts and emotions on a song and to throw out there for everyone to hear takes a lot of courage. Yeah, and it's it's tough. It's hard. And I hope people like it, but if they don't, it's okay too because it's something that I felt I needed to get off my chest and it's become one of my favorite songs. Well, if they don't like it, they don't know music. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so this is Will You Really? You say you like those neon lights you always saw on the TV. Say you'll get used to traffic and it's what it takes for you to come and see me. But the last thing I want you to do is settle for someone not good for you. Say you'll be fine, you wouldn't mind leaving that small town for me. But will you really want to move to a city, try to be close to me? And I got my priorities, and your first one is me. Yeah, you give up everything. And as long as you have me, you say you'll be happy. But will you really? Will you really? Give up your job, you work so hard, you'll have to start all over. To watch me chase a career like I am trying to find a four-leaf clover. Now our lives are different, we both know it. As much as I want you to be part of mine. But will you really want to move to a city, try to be close to me? And I got my priorities, and your first one is me. Are you give up everything? And as long as you have me, you say.
say you'll be happy, and maybe you could be. But will you really? Will you really? Will you really? Yeah. Will you really? Will you really? Yeah. Give everything up for me. Will you really? Will you really? Yeah. Will you really? Will you really? Yeah. Could this be reality? But will you really wanna move to a city? Try to be close to me. And I got my priorities, and your first one is me. Yeah, you give up everything. And as long as you have me, say you'll be happy. And as long as you have me, say you'll be happy. But will you really? Will you really? Wow. That's, that was... I got the goosebump. I got the goosebumps going. <laughs> that is so freaking awesome, Maddie. Nice that is job. awesome. Thank you. Come and you, when you re- when you re- when you're releasing this to the world? July 2nd. It's coming out. Okay. Well, let me promote the heck out of it for you. So <laughs> Okay, great. Um do you have anything else to add about your journey or any, I guess, where, where can people most reach you if they have questions on your career, if they want to interview you for a podcast, if they want to just buy your stuff? I mean, what's what's the best way to reach Maddie? Um, I have an email address uh, connected to my Instagram page if you want to reach out and probably like Facebook too. I have a Facebook page, um, email, honestly, that probably works best. Or just, What's your email? Uh, MaddieRenner at gmail.com. So that's M-A-D-I-E. Yes, it is. R-E-N-N-E-R. Yep, at gmail.com. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I guess just final thoughts, just no one give up on their dream. If you love something, go for it and just keep living undeterred, baby. <laughs> Well, you're 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 literally a. I tell people you're a rock star all the time, but for you, I literally mean it. Um, you you're going to be uh, an awesome success story, more than what you are already, and I think you know it. That's what that's the irony of success is sometimes people just know it. You're going to get there. Um, but I enjoy I enjoy watching this. I know your parents and your whole family are super proud. You have a tremendous, awesome raving fan base here. <laughs> um, that that'll support you all the way to wherever your dreams take you. Okay. Thank you so much, Jeff. Love you so much. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. Your whole family just means the world to me. Well, you guys are our family, you know, uh, that's the way we look at it. So love you too, Maddie. And with that, I'm going to tell you, like I tell every guest, uh, I don't think I have to tell you this. You already (laughs) do it, but live undeterred. Okay, Maddie. Thanks Jeff. Always. Thank you. up your job you work so hard you'll have to start all over to watch me chase a career like i am trying to find a four-leaf clover now our lives are different we both know it as much as i want you to be part of mine but will you really want to move to a city try to be close to me while i'm dreaming about something and I got my priorities in 
And as long 